All right, welcome to Living in Tacoma, Washington, the podcast that is all about living right here in Tacoma, Washington, going over the news, going over the real estate market and what's happening right here in Pierce County. We are the only weekly real estate show. So let's jump in today. We're only going to be covering one subject on the show. If you're on YouTube watching this right now, go ahead and just subscribe to the channel if you never want to miss another video or want more information about Tacoma, Washington and relocating here or real estate here. Uh, if you're on Spotify or Apple Music, please leave us a five-star review. I know it's a small little podcast about our area, but hey, it still goes a long way. So what we're talking about today is the plan to cap how much landlords can raise rent here in Washington State. Now, rent for a long time has been a point of contention, I think, here in the local market. If you hop into any Facebook group, it seems like uh, landlords are struggling to find quality tenants and quality tenants are struggling to find affordable housing. And right now, our house has went ahead and moved ahead with some legislature that would uh, basically allow increases of only 7% each year for existing tenants here in Washington. So statewide caps on annual rent increases, that could take effect in Washington as soon as this year. After the House of Representatives on Tuesday just passed a bill aimed at giving tenants financial relief. Now, if you want to look this bill up, it's House Bill 2114, again, Bill 2114. Uh, I tried to cut through a lot of it to try to help you all out. So I'm going to go over what I know so far. If you want to dig in more, you literally can build, can literally Google Washington House Bill 2114. So what this would do is this would basically prohibit landlords from raising an existing tenant's rent for more than 7% a year. Now, at the time, a rental home turnover, you know, would bring a new tenant, this cap would not apply. So that is kind of nice, you know, looking at someone who likes the idea of investing, you know, that if you do have a new tenant, you have the ability to kind of readjust according to the market. Uh, this bill also would restrict late fees to 1.5% of the tenant's total monthly rent. So putting some caps on late fees. And I got to tell you, in this case, I really do agree. I think when people fall on some hard times, uh, when there's a few days left or there's a few days they need to make an adjustment, I think this is a place as landlords, there is some room to be maybe not as aggressive with. If you have a habitual uh, person that's late, I think there should be you know room for adjusting those standards but in this bill basically the late fees that you could incur would just be up to 1.5 percent of a tenant's monthly rent don't worry i'm going to kind of get through this and then i'm going to give you my um opinions on a lot of this stuff so the proposal really has split support in the legislature even among majority democrats now in the house this bill did pass 54 to 43 um, there were some people on the Democratic side who did jump over and join the Republicans in voting against it. Now, 
if you're a lifelong renter, if you're somebody that that's, that's your vibe, um, I think the stim, the, um, I think the bad look of being a renter has really gone away. I don't think people judge you for renting anymore like they used to, especially with prices being so high. But before you get excited by this, I will tell you, I truly believe that this does face an even harder road when it gets to the Senate. Uh, there were bills that sort of went along this line. Um, there were pretty similar legislation that fell apart uh, in the last month and even last year. I did an interview with an agent out of Oregon and we discussed some of their rent control and the problems they were having and, and what that looked like as this kind of came to the forefront once again. So I think uh, seeing in the Senate, I don't know if we're going to have, I don't know if we're going to have it passed, but so far we're through the House. So opponents of this policy could say that this really could have some unintended consequences on the housing market as a whole and could hurt landlords, some of whom are already struggling to make ends meet. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people view landlords as these rich and wealthy folks, but you got to understand that like nine out of every 10 rentals is owned by a mom and pop rental situation. Typically, this is someone that probably, you know, owned their house in the past and they moved and now they're renting it out. We a lot of times really tend to, to assimilate um, landlords with these giant corporate investors. And the fact is, especially here in Washington, we do not have a lot of corporate investors coming in. So these are mom and pop investors that we are seeing pretty much across the board. And so if you limit the amount of rent that they can charge, then this could put them in a strapped position, especially if they just bought a house let's say two, maybe three years ago, because their cost of their home has went up significantly since the start of the pandemic. Interest rates have went up to almost 8%. And what we do know is that most folks are not going to have a alligator property, meaning they're, they're not going to buy a house and rent it out to lose money. Some folks really bank on appreciation and because of that, they're maybe not super worried about their month to month, but the majority of folks who rent out properties are doing so on a month to month income basis. And you know, your average landlord might be only netting one or $200 a month based on some situation. So this could be a kind of a problem. Other unintended consequences on the housing market as a whole is, you know, if I'm going to be restricted here in Washington to what I can charge for rent, if all of the laws are already more tenant friendly, if I'm constantly villainized and properties here cost quite a bit more money, well, why am I going to keep putting money into a state like that? And here's the deal. You got to have landlords if you want to have tenants. Now, believe me, I'm a real estate broker. Like I want everybody to buy a house, right? Like if it's a possible for them, I prefer that you don't rent. So 
this is just this is my opinion just blanket statement across the board i don't have a say either way i'd much rather you rent for a year get your stuff together and then and then buy but if we keep putting pressure on these landlords we keep making investing so much less sexy in washington state they are going to take their money and they're going to put it somewhere where they feel respected where they feel like they have freedom and where they feel like their portfolio can actually fucking grow it's so easy to look at these guys and be like oh you're the the man you're the the landlord and and really not care about them because hey they own all the properties but if these landlords sell their $800,000 houses and they take all that money and they move it to Oklahoma, well, then we have even less housing. And now those homes go back on the market for sale at a much higher price and more of our rental inventory is decreased. And then what do we know about supply and demand, folks? When supply is decreased, then demand goes up. And when demand goes up, what do prices do? They go up. There could be some serious unintended consequences. Some of us are already struggling to make ends meet. And that could be the renter and that could be the landlord. I'm afraid to see what happens if this goes through. I'm hopeful. Obviously, that um, just like the supporters of this bill say, it's an essential part of alleviating homelessness and ensuring middle and low income renters aren't driven from their homes by rent spikes. Man, that would be fantastic. I just got to say, I'm also playing on the side of caution here because I do see somewhat of a threat lingering, just those, those unintended consequences. So... Uh, looking at a report from December, the Washington State Housing Finance Commission and the Washington State Dep Department of Commerce found that a lack of housing and a growing gap between incomes and rents have led to a greater rent burden for many households, especially people of color. This situation really is dire, but, uh, you know, Representative Emily Alvarado, she's a Democrat out of Seattle, said that the solution is super clear and that this is the right policy. Now, I'm not, I'm not playing politics here, but I don't know that constricting rent to a 7% increase is going to be the thing that clears up the situation from the cost of living skyrocketing and employment and income numbers increasing. I mean, honestly, I don't know the answer. Like I, I am not an economist anywhere outside of real estate and I watch those numbers, but what I have seen over the last 20 years of research through this is that home prices are definitely outpacing incomes. Now as home prices outpace incomes, you've got to realize the people that would be landlords are going to buy these houses at the elevated price. And in order to make it make sense, they have to make a dollar. So then the cost of the house is going to get even higher for the renter. And the renter's income is still not going to be increasing. 
And even at a rate of 7%, who has had seen an increase in their income jump up by 7% year over year? I tell you what, it's not very many people. Short of entrepreneurs, tech workers, some military folks, average Joe is not seeing these giant jumps in income. So I appreciate Emily. I appreciate her view on this policy. Man, I think it could definitely help some renters, but I don't know if the solution is actually clear. Next, this proposal allows a tenant to break their lease at any time if the landlord raises the rent beyond 7%. Okay, well, if this passes and you're told that, hey, from now on, if you're going to keep a rental property in Washington, you can't raise rent above 7%, and then you raise it above 7%, well, at that point, you're breaking the law. So a tenant absolutely should have the right to break their lease at any time. If you're gonna violate housing laws, well, then in my opinion, you don't have, you have nowhere to stand. Um, and the thing is this cap would apply to both annual and month to month leases. Now, as that breaks down, I don't know if the month to month lease is, you know, 7% every month. I'm not sure how that is out there. I've not seen the amendments to that part particularly. Um, this bill also is going to provide new requirements when landlords have to notify tenants of rent or fee increases. Now, here's the thing. With there being a lot of mom and pop landlords, I'm, I'm speaking primarily for Western Washington, Coma, Puyallup, Bonnie Lake, UP, Fircrest. A lot of these places are ran by uh, really good property management companies. And what they do is they go out a couple months ahead of time. They're going to view the property. They run market analysis to see where the market is at, and they make their determination. Now, some of our neighbors just renewed their lease, and their lease went down by $32 because the market has just not shown rental increases in the last year, especially with rates being the way they were. Now, landlords who violate this cap in the bill they could end up paying damages to tenants equal to three months of unlawful rent and fees charged plus any legal cost accrued. Again, I think this is a great protection for the renters, but as I'm looking at folks that I know that are currently renting out property, if you, you know, if you're looking at some of this stuff, this could really, really stack up um, and seem pretty threatening. So again, I would not be surprised if I see landlords take their properties and move them out of Washington state quickly, quickly. No one is going to want to be on the hook for all of that money. There are exemptions to these rules. So um, any residential construction that is 10 years old or less is exempt from this situation. Situations where the owner is also a resident of the property and or some of the building is owned by nonprofit organizations are also exempt from this property. So if you build a new home, you know there's still some gauging of the market where prices are gonna go. So I do appreciate that exemption being put into place uh, as well as the house hackers out there. So. A lot of our younger clients, you know, we, we have a young family right now that is working on a duplex. And so they are going to be living in one side and renting out the other side. And in this case, they're going to be exempt here. They're going to be able to um, 
move freely as they need to based on their costs. Whew, so what do you think? Uh, you know, drop me a comment in the comment box on what you are thinking about this law. Do you think it would help renters? Do you think it would hurt renters? Do you think it would help landlords? Do you think it would hurt landlords? You know, what, what would you think if you were a landlord in this position, a property owner? What would you think of this position if you were a renter? I do think that this policy is an important step towards addressing any inequities in housing. Honestly, I think something in place is pretty, pretty smart, but we don't know how it's going to shake out. There were some opponents of the bill who said this will result in more landlords selling their properties, which would decrease inventory and ultimately increase the cost of rent for everyone. Uh, I've already talked about that. That's definitely a threat that we could see. Uh, less supply and more demand. Other critics said it would dissuade developers from bringing more housing online in Washington. Wow. I don't think any of us thought about that, did we? We didn't think about developers being turned off, especially when there are lots of communities being built all over the country for rentals. There are developers right now that are building entire subdivisions just to rent them out. That's wild. What if we cut that hand off? What if there's an opportunity for more of those to come in and provide affordable housing? Now, here's, here's something to think about. This was brought up by a Republican representative out of the Spokane Valley. Um, while this policy does cap what landlords can charge, it doesn't cap their annual maintenance cost or their utility cost, both of which have gone up in the recent years. He says that we're not leaving a lot of property owners with a ton of options. Their only option is to sell the property, he said. We want more homes, not less. So people came back and said, you know, well, it does not put a cap on the price of rent, but rather limits how much rent can be increased over a year. Under the proposal, after a tenant moves out, the landlord can raise the rent however they want. I mean, first of all, that response doesn't really fit. Um, I honestly believe you can still have a profitable real estate rental business at a 7% increase. And as far as this representative saying, okay, well, this caps the rent, but it's, you know, it's not going to increase maintenance. It, it doesn't count utilities. Look, those things are minimal. Those increases are so minimal, especially when you compare it to the fixed cost of a mortgage. So I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that it doesn't make sense because you got to put a hundred bucks back a month in case something goes wrong or you got to pay your utility bills. Again, I don't like, I don't like capitalism being messed with in general, but I think this argument's pretty weak. Housing is man mandatory. You can't just go living without housing you either pay what the market bears or you become homeless, was another quote. Man, people are getting really heavy about real estate in this situation. Some property management owners pointed out that there are other policies they believe would protect tenants more than rent capping. And I do like some of this stuff, okay? So 
including vouchers for those who can't pay their rent. Look, if you generally can't afford your rent and you fall on hard times and you're doing everything right in life, like we sometimes just, we take a punch in the face. I would love this. I would love to see single moms, disabled folks, people who are in hardship get more of the relief. You, you can quote me on that. Look, as a physically able, grown-ass man with a family to take care of, I will do anything to make sure that we have a roof over our head. I've ran into burning buildings. I've cleaned windows off the side of skyscrapers. I've done everything but basically crab fishing and fighting fucking bears for a living. I will do whatever it takes. But if we could create these types of incentives or initiatives for folks who are less fortunate or are in positions in life where they could really use, you know, just a damn break. Like, I would love to see that. What about initiatives to landlords who don't raise their rents every year? That one sounds pretty cool. What about an additional tax break or, uh, you know, some other form of an initiative that rewards them for not raising the rent. Again, I think keeping the true nature of capitalism alive and free, but giving them a little nudge saying, hey, look, we could use a break. Now, obviously, neither one of these policies are alive in this legislature or any other legislature, for example, but there are some things I really would like to see. Um, I, I, again, just, you know, um, I think this is going to have a hard time getting through the Senate. I think you can't have a tenant without a housing provider. I am very, very much afraid that if this passes, we're going to see more and more landlords sell their homes, especially folks that have had homes for 10 or 20 years. They've got enough equity in that house. They can sell it right now and move that same investment to a lower cost area like South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Joplin, Missouri, some place where they can buy a house for 200 grand and rent it for $2,000 a month. And the state laws are more in their favor. I have a friend in the Midwest, literally if they don't pay their rent, he shows up with a handful of money and says, get the hell out of my house and people basically have to leave. And if you're a, a landlord, something like that actually sounds a lot more appealing. Um, I also don't really think that rent control pencils out for providers of those who are struggling with states housing affordability crisis that we have going on right now. I think there's, there's something deeper that we have to look at. We've got to find a way to get higher incomes for folks out there. We're, we're basically just, we're doing everything we can to stop inflation, to decrease rent, which by the way, the Fed does not care if you're a homeowner. The Fed does not care if you buy a house. In fact, the Fed is more happy if you're uh, if we are a nation of renters. But we are not really doing anything across the board to help with the incomes in our area. There is such a big divide there. And that is really what I would like to see. Now, no matter how this shakes out, whether this moves forward and passes in the Senate, or if it gets absolutely squashed, there has got to be, I think, even more of a 
dramatic twist in the path forward. I think we have a lot more work to do to finding a solution that really truly will help those renting and will not absolutely burden those who are providing the service of the rental property. So that's just my two cents on it. Uh, I will link the article in the description of the podcast or the webcast on YouTube, let you take a look at it in the comments. Let me know what you think. Do you think this thing would work if it passed? We're still yet to see if it's going to go live, if it's going to go through the Senate. Um, it seems pretty well two-sided right now. The Democrats are saying, let's pass it. The Republicans are saying, this is bad legislation. I think the answer, like most things politically, is somewhere in the middle. So that's it for the Living in Tacoma, Washington podcast and the Titus Robertson Report. My name is Austin Robertson, your friendly Tacoma real estate agent. If you need anything from us, you're looking to make a move, you can simply shoot us a phone call, text, or an email, 253-225-2395 or info at livingintacomawashington.com. Until next time, I cannot wait to get out here so we can show you around.